You're listening to the Eastside Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This sermon was recently preached at our church. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com. Now, enjoy today's sermon. We're going to open our Bibles this evening to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. And I would like to read... A very huge portion of scripture, but I'm not, all right? Um, For your sake and for our sake, we're celebrating Christmas after the service tonight, so I feel like I should stop after about two hours, amen? And uh, if I read the whole chapter, that that, that would kind of be counterproductive there, all right? But I do want to really give you a parable, and I'll try to give you the backdrop to it quickly and get into it. And I like to preach fast, so I just can get done and allow God to work and move and don't hurt my stomach too bad. But I like to preach slow enough where people can understand what I'm saying too. So we're going to try to strike that balance here this evening. So Luke 19, I'm going to pick up reading in verse 11. But if you could just in your mind remember the story of Zacchaeus, the wee little man, all right, that climbed up the sycamore tree. Because that's how Luke 19 starts with the story of Jesus entering Uh, or passing through Jericho and and, and meeting Zacchaeus there. And so in verse 11, we'll pick up reading. The Bible said, and as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable. So let me just stop there quickly. Zacchaeus has just gotten saved. The Lord said, salvation's come to your house. And then he said, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And as they heard these things, they've seen Zacchaeus get saved They're listening to the Lord, and the Lord begins to add to what he's just told them concerning Zacchaeus getting saved and his purpose for being here. And so as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him and sent a message after him saying, We will not have this man to reign over us. And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, then he commanded these servants to be called unto him to whom he had given the money that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. Then came the first saying, Lord... Thy pound hath gained ten pounds. And he said unto him, Well, thou good servant, because thou hast been faithful in a very little, have thou authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. And he said likewise to him, Be thou also over five cities. And another came, saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. For I feared thee, Because thou art an austere man, thou takest up that thou layest not down, and reapest that thou didst not sow. And he saith unto him, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. Thou knewest that I was an austere man, taking up that I laid not down, and reaping that I did not sow. Wherefore then gavest not thou my money into the bank, that at my coming I might have required mine own with usury, in other words, with interest. And he said unto them that stood by, Take from him the pound, And give it to him that hath ten pounds. And they said unto him, Lord, he hath ten pounds. For I say unto you that every unto every one which hath shall be given, 
And from him that hath not, even that he hath shall be taken away from him. But those mine enemies, which would not that I should reign over them, bring hither and slay them before me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm watching that clock tonight on purpose. I pray that you would help me to articulate clearly the message that I know you gave me for this specific service. Lord, I pray that as I articulate it, that you'd anoint me as I preach the word of God. But again, I ask that you would anoint the ears of the listeners to hear the message that you have and that you administer, uh, Lord, throughout this service. Lord, uh, Lord, just in our parable, there's four types of people represented. And I pray, Lord, that you would speak to each of those four types here tonight and work in hearts as only you can. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. In our text, the Lord Jesus Christ, again, if we went back to verse number one, we find him coming into Jericho, and, and we find Christ, this is, this is less than a week before that he's going to die on the cross, and we find Christ taking time out of his schedule to go eat and fellowship with Zacchaeus, a sinner who had just gotten saved. And, and uh, so, so this, this day, when we always talk about that story of Zacchaeus, I think it's helpful to us to understand that less than a week after that, he's going to suffer and bleed and die for the sins of that world. And so Zacchaeus got saved that day. And as soon as Zacchaeus got saved, Jesus said, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. We just celebrated Christmas, but he didn't come just to be born so we'd worship a baby in a manger he came to die on an old rugged cross for your sins and for the sins of the world. Amen. And he comes seeking and saving that which was lost. And so he really, in this verse, he announces to a group of disciples that do not understand yet his purpose for being here. They think that within a week they're going to be setting up the kingdom of God on earth. They think within a week they're going to be crowning him the king that he's a political Messiah, that he's going to overthrow Rome. I mean, that's what their mindset is. And he's trying to get them into the mindset of why I'm here. I'm not here to be a political Messiah. I'm not here to be a political savior. I'm not here to make a statement of a political. I am here to seek and to save that which was lost. And so watch this, watch this. You can't seek, or excuse me, you can't save them without seeking them. Amen. That applies to all of us. You're never going to see a sinner get saved if you don't go looking for them and seeking them. And so then we come to verse 11. And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable. So he added to that, that purpose that I'm here. Let me add to that and let me help you understand why I'm here. He's trying to drop it on them, I think, slowly. I'm not setting a kingdom up. And so he says, because he was not at Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. These guys, they're about to have the triumphal entry. I mean, the, these fellows, I mean, some of these fellows already had tried by force to make him king. And I just quoted from the Bible. They tried by force to make him king, all right? And so this is, this is their mindset. So, so, so he gives them this parable. That's the context. That's the backdrop of the parable. They had no idea what was about to happen. They had no idea that within one week Jesus Christ would be brutally crucified on a hard, rugged, cold cross. They had no idea that three days later he would raise from the dead. They had no idea that 40 days after his resurrection he would literally bodily ascend into heaven. They had no idea that 50 days after his resurrection Pentecost would occur and the church would be empowered to go do something that they at this point don't even realize they're supposed to do. 
They don't have, I mean, they've been with him three years, so they just don't have a clue of what we're supposed to do yet. They're thinking we're bringing him in uh, and setting up the kingdom. So he would die. He'd be buried. He'd raise again. He'd ascend to heaven. He would send his spirit. He would empower his church, and they would be his servants to do his bidding from that day of Pentecost forward. But they were looking for the kingdom of God immediately. Yes. Next week, we're setting up the kingdom. This is going to be better than the 2020 election. Amen. We're going to set up the kingdom and Jesus Christ, King Jesus, is going to rule and reign. Boy, they were in for a rude awakening. Well, they, they had all these hopes and dreams. And, and, and really, I think some of these disciples, just from previous conversations, I think some of them were thinking, man, we're going to make him a king. And next week, man, I'm going to be sitting on his right hand. And I'm going to be sitting on his left hand. And we're going to be ruling. And we're going to be reigning. And we're going to live happily ever after. They had no idea about the church age. They had no idea about the dispensation of grace. They had no idea what they were getting into, all right? And so Jesus had other plans for them, and he begins making that very clear to them with this parable. This parable involves a nobleman who represents the Lord Jesus Christ in the parable. He's a type of Christ. And then this parable has, has servants, the servants of the nobleman, who represent the disciples of Christ. And I think for the application of tonight's message, they represent those of us tonight who claim to be disciples, those members right here of Eastside Baptist Church and others that are here. If you're saved by the grace of God and are a follower of Jesus Christ, you're a disciple of Christ, amen. And, and so these, these disciples, these servants, they represent disciples now. And then there's, there's the nobleman's citizens who hated him. And, and when he left, they sent a message to him, we will not have this man to reign over us. And can I tell you, that's a picture of the unsaved world and they're still trying to send a message every time they can to heaven. We will not have this man to reign over us. They don't want Christ to rule and reign. They want a baby in a manger, but they don't want a Christ that's the Lord of uh, lords. You mark that down, amen. And so they hated him. Now, now the nobleman then in the parable, he would go to a far country to receive for himself a kingdom. And Christ, after this parable and 50 some days later, he ascended to heaven in order to receive for himself a kingdom. And the nobleman would return one day. And Jesus Christ is going to return one day. I hope it's before 2022, but it might not be to 2050. You don't know, neither do I. They were looking for the immediate kingdom of God, and if we're not careful, we can fall in that same trap of looking for the immediate kingdom of God instead of the imminent return of Christ. Amen. And I'm going to tell you, the imminent return of Christ means he could come tonight. He might not come for 50 years. That's imminence. Amen. He could come in any moment. And we must not get so focused on the immediate side of things that we forget why we are here. Amen. We are here with a purpose. All right. And so this noble man, he, he got 10 of his servants and he gave a very, according to the Bible, a very little amount, one pound to each. And you can go to commentaries and they'll tell you this pound represented this much and this pound represented that. Here's what the Holy Ghost said in the next verse, very little. You took a he that was faithful and that which is least. And back here he said there in, in verse 17, because thou hast been faithful in a very little. That pound by Jesus Christ was considered a very little, all right? And, and so he gave a pound to each of these ten servants with this command, occupy till I come. And that's really, if I could title the message, that'd be the message title right there, occupy till I come. Now, the phrase occupy till I come, when we think of the word occupy today, 
we think of something like this. He's occupying the church building. He's, he's, he's inhabiting the church. He's inside the church building. Or he's occupying his house. He's dwelling in the house. And certainly, we need to be dwelling in the house of God. Amen? When we think of occupy, we think of, 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 of not just dwelling in, but we think of keeping something in possession, to use and to keep something in our possession. And, and that's, I think, I really do, I think that's the mentality of most Christians and a lot of our independent Baptist churches today is occupy. I'm here, and the reason I'm here, while I'm waiting for this kingdom to appear, I'm here to be in church faithful, and I'm here to uh, just keep in possession. I'm going to keep this King James Bible in my possession, and I'm going to stand for the fundamentals of the faith, and, and I'm going to kind of, and here's where our mentality, here's what happens. Man, things go south politically. Things go south with COVID. Things go south with the liberals, amen? And we sit back and say, oh, I'm telling you, he must be coming tomorrow. He must be coming tomorrow. I think he's going to come tomorrow. Did you see who just got voted in? He must be coming tomorrow. Oh, you see how bad things are? He must be coming tomorrow. And we get so focused on the fact that he must be coming tomorrow. And, and we've just got to hold our Bible and hold what we believe and not apostatize and defend the faith and stay faithful to church and stay faithful to God that we, we miss the whole meaning of that statement. Yes. That, that statement had nothing to do with dwelling in the house of God. That's, and and, and should, should we dwell in the house? Sure we should. should we, I preached a message here earlier this year on apostasy. Should we stand against false doctrine? Absolutely. Do we want to apostatize and compromise and carnalize and lay out a size and all the other eyes? No, we don't want to do that. But can I tell you, there's so much more for Eastside Baptist Church, amen, moving forward. So much more. That word occupy, that, here, let me just show you in the scripture, because the best dictionary on scripture is scripture. So if you read within the context, when he said occupy till I come, the Bible says just down there in verse number 15, when he came back, that's what occupy till I come. Now he came back. Now they're going to give an account for how they occupied. And he didn't say, was y'all faithful to church? He didn't say, did y'all hold the fundamentals of the faith? Amen. And these are expected things, all right? But here's what he said. He, he called them to account that he might know how much every man had gained by trading. That's what the word occupy means. It literally means, and I checked out these definitions, man, in the root word here and then in the English language. It literally means to follow business. To negotiate. An occupier is a negotiator, all right? So he, he's given them, if, if, if I could just give the equivalent, I can't because I don't have 10 $1 bills in my pocket, all right? But if I did, and I called 10 of you, 10 of you young people up here, and so I'm going to give each of you a dollar bill, and by the time I come to church on Sunday, I expect you to make my money work for itself. I want you to, and I said, occupy till I come. What I'm saying is, you're, you're doing business in my name for me. I want you to take my dollar, and I want you to make money with my dollar. And you'd have to go figure out how to do that now, okay? But I've told you to do that. I've, 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 I mean, I'm, it's my dollar you're holding, amen? You can't go spend it on yourself, amen? You can't spend it fighting that for the person that gave you that black eye, amen? You've got, you've got man, listen, you've got to take, I, I wonder if, if, if I gave every person in the church tonight a dollar bill, and Sunday night I said, all right, I expect, I expect you to have gained $10. <laughs> and you say, how do I turn a dollar into $10? You've got to learn how to do business with money, amen? One of the reasons you're having a financial peace course here real soon, amen? You gotta learn how to do business with money. You gotta learn how to negotiate. You have to occupy. That word occupy it literally means invest. It means to trade up. You know, not trade down. Some of us are trading down. We need to learn how to trade up. Amen. He said, occupy till I come. The, the, the idea is to gain by trading, all right? And, and by the way, while you guys 
are taking my pound of peach or my dollar a piece, amen, and going out here and you're trading up. You're doing it in a world filled with people that hate me. These people, they hate me. They've already sent a message. I mean, you're, you're, you're out there trading with the enemy, all right? That, I mean, that's exactly, you say, that's, see, that sounds impossible. They're like, how can you do that? How can, how can they do that, all right? Now, I hope you're getting, I hope, I hope it's, some of you, you're getting it, amen, all right? You're getting the point of the parable. The disciples were not going to get to sit back on their blessed assurance and simply rule and reign starting next week. They, Jesus was going back to heaven to wait to return until his kingdom was given him. And they were going to be his servants in the midst of a wicked world who continues to this very day saying, we will not have this man to rule over us. And the money that he was going to give to each of them, the, the, the nobleman gave them a pound. But can I tell you what Christ gave you? He gave you his Holy Spirit. Amen. He has given you the down payment of your inheritance. And what you do with the down payment determines how big your inheritance is going to be. You say, I don't believe it. You don't have to. I'm preaching tonight, and you can, you can preach whatever you want to later on. Amen, all right? But he's given you the Spirit of God, and he's given each of us a command to occupy it. Take that life I've given you. Take the Spirit that's been indwelt you, that's been birthed into you. Amen. You've been given that divine nature, and I'm coming back to set up a kingdom one day, and I want you to trade up. I want you as that nobleman have them take money and make money with money. I want you to take the spirit of God that's on the inside of you and I want you to trade up and I want you to go out and I want you to seek and to save that which is lost and the only way that can be accomplished is through the spirit of God working outflowing through the child of God. John chapter number 7 the Bible said that Jesus Christ said on that last day the great day of the feast the Bible said Jesus stood up and he said if any man thirst let him come to me and drink and out of his belly listen to what Jesus said out of his belly shall flow forth rivers of living water and you know what the rivers of living water speaks of the Bible said but this spake he of the Holy Ghost amen can I tell you the moment you got saved by the good grace of God you were given a pound by the nobleman you were given a good measure of the spirit of God and God said now here's what I want you to do with it I want you to occupy I want you to trade up in a world full of wolves I want you to trade up in a world full of enemies. I want you to come back one day. You'll stand before me, and I want you to give an account. Now, what are we giving account of? There's many things, but in the context of this parable, we're giving an account for those, the money that was made. Okay, you say, well, how do we do that with the Spirit? How do we multiply the Spirit? Can I, Galatians chapter number 6. We always preach it in a negative light. He that soweth to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting when the spirit of God is in you and when there's an outflow because you're right with God amen and you realize my purpose is not to sit on my blessed assurance until one day I get to rule and reign but I've been left here with a job I've been left here with a commission I've been left here with a purpose and that purpose is to occupy not just to stay back in the confines of my church not just to stay back here and wait for Jesus to come again not just to stand back defending the fundamentals of the faith but going out to an unsaved world amen Find and Zacchaeus that are out there that man we couldn't have had a better start than to have these testimonies tonight I know they didn't lead these people to the Lord amen they discipled them but that's just as much a part of the great commission as leading them to the Lord amen and I'm telling you every person in this church if you're saved I don't care what your age is you have the Holy Ghost in you and if you have the Holy Ghost you have the ability to trade up you have the ability 
to multiply yourself because you're multiplying the Spirit of God, not you. Amen. You have the ability to be able through the Spirit of God to witness to somebody. And when that person gets saved by the grace of God, you know what now you got? You got the Spirit of God not just in you, but the Spirit of God's in him. Amen. And the Spirit of God's, and then you teach them how to witness and lead someone else to the Lord. And now they teach someone else. Man, these ladies up here talking about the continuing. They each mentored one. And if that one goes out and mentors one, while the other ladies mentor another. Amen. You see the multiple how that begins to grow that's what God's talking about occupy till I come do business for me amen trade up amen I came to seek and to save but I'm only one person I'm going to go to a cross and die but I'm going to commission you as my church amen to go into all the world and do what I'm doing with Zacchaeus as one person you can do it around the world and it's expedient for you that I go away for if I go not away the Holy Spirit can't come but when he's come he'll reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment to come and that's how people get saved amen, amen. so can I ask you a question I'm, I'm, I'm trying to hurry all right but can I ask you a question in 2021 I mean we're closing out the year did you occupy did you trade up did you invest in the kingdom of God in 2021 do you have any, and I know that we, sometimes we don't always see our reward. We'll see these folks that got saved on the other side many times. But I'm just saying, is, is there anybody's life that you invested in 2021? Anybody that you led to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ in 2021? Anyone that you meant, I, I told you we couldn't have better testimonies, amen, that you mentored, that you invested your life in, to occupy, to trade up. To, to, let, let, let's just say it this way. We sing all the time, hold the fort for I'm coming. And that's the mentality of the church. Hold the fort. Let's stay back in the fort. Man, they're attacking us. Man, they're fighting hard. Let's just get down here, cowered up in the four walls of our church building, or the circle of this church building. Amen. Let's just get kind of oh, back in here and hold the fort. We got to, we just, he that endureth to the end shall be saved. We are my, we just got to, I just got to be the last of the Mohicans. Pardon, I've never even watched the movie, all right? Just so pardon the expression, all right? But I just got to be the last, the last man standing in another movie, all right? I just got to, I just got to just be the last guy standing. Will there be any faith when I return? That's our mentality. And our mentality should be occupy. Take ground. Win souls. Go out and get gain for Jesus Christ. Because when you stand at the judgment seat, God's not going to say, well done, you had the best paying job in the city. God's not going to say, well done, you had the nicest car in the county. God's not going to say, well done, you had the biggest and most beautiful house. And I'm not against nice cars, big houses, and, and good jobs. Amen. But I'm telling you, we're not getting in heaven rewards for all that. We're getting rewards for if we occupied, if we traded up, if we invested in the things of God. Amen. Now, Let's, let's, let's get down to the, that's the introduction, all right? Now let's get down to the message, and the message will be short. Are you ready? By the way, you can check out 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. If you're wondering when I said the pound is the spirit, look in 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. You don't have to read it right now, but just check out verses 3 through 7 later. Amen. Do you know that the Bible said God's given every man the spirit of God to profit with all? Yeah. <laughs> You didn't get the spirit of God just so you could get spiritually fat and say, look at me, I'm a good holy Christian. You got the spirit of God, amen, so you could multiply the kingdom of God, amen. That's why I, I'm telling you, he gave it to you to profit. You're profiting the church, but can I tell you, you're profiting folks that aren't saved by seeing them get saved and become a part of God's church, amen. 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11 talks about some of the same things, all right? And, and there's so many verses, but I got to go through now. Now, now here's, what I, here's what I want to challenge you with, with, with this thought. As we end this year, and we're getting ready to go into a new year, and it's the last two times I get to preach to you for at least a year, maybe four, so I just got to give you my heart here, all right? So uh, are you occupying? Are you trading up? 
church. I don't just mean as a corporate body. I mean as individuals because the individuals make up the church. Are you occupying? Young people, are you occupying? Are you trading up? Are you investing in the kingdom of God? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God? Does life revolve around you and your aspiration or does it revolve around Christ and his purpose for your life? Amen. That's what I'm asking you. What is your mentality? Is, is, is your mentality, hold the fort for I'm coming. It's, it's, it's over. It's Man, it's, it's done. We're trying to be the last one standing or is your mentality, hey, let's go take some ground for the Lord. <laughs> let's go win some souls for Christ. You say, well, preacher, we're going into 2022. You don't know how wicked the world is. Can I tell you, the world was pretty wicked when they murdered God's son. And a lot of people got saved 50 days after. The world will be even more wicked than now in the tribulation period. And in the tribulation, the Bible tells us that there's going to be a number saved which no man can number. I don't think the problem is wickedness, and I don't think the problem is the lack of the power of God. The problem lies somewhere between the unsaved citizens that hate and the God that came seeking and saving. I think the problem comes down to you and I. Amen. And I really believe that we can have the mentality of, hey, we're going to occupy. We're not just going to hold the fork on occupy. We're going to trade up. We're going to win souls. We're going to multiply the spirit of God. We're going we're to get other people saved. See this church built. See other churches built. We're going to accomplish something for God in these days. Amen. Here's what I believe. I believe, I believe with all my heart that our position, I didn't say where we spend eternity. Heaven is a reward, or excuse me, heaven is not a reward. Heaven, heaven is a gift, amen. But I believe our position in eternity, I believe our reward, we're already in heaven if we're saved, but I believe there's a reward. I believe there's a position, and I believe that your mentality, what you believe about what I'm preaching, and that word occupy, uh, will, will determine how you behave, which will then determine what your position in eternity is. Amen. Now, let me just give you this real quickly. It's already 7.58. I've been preaching for 20-some minutes already, all right? So I need to be done, all right? Here, here we go. Watch the first servant. Here's, here's the day that they're all going to give an account of themselves. The noblemen's come back, and, and I see three types of servants, and then we'll give one more application, and we'll be done. Number one, here's the first servant. Can I tell you, the first servant was... The best servant. Now, some of you may say, no, wait a minute, preacher. Wait a minute. One guy gets 10, one guy gets five. And I'm telling you, from the scripture, this guy was the best servant. If you have somebody that you've given money to and you want your money to bring you a return, do you want a guy that goes out and gets 1,000% interest, which is what this guy did? You say, no, it's only 10%. No, it's 1,000%. If he took one pound and turned it to two pounds, then that'd be 200% because he just doubled it. Ten pounds is 1,000%. That's a pretty good interest rate there. Amen. Would you want someone to gain, I mean, ten times your money, 1,000%, or would you want someone to gain just five times your money? You say, well, I don't really care. I, I just, I'd like a lot more money than I have, all right? But you understand the gist of what I'm saying. I want the man who's going to give me the most in returns for the money that I entrusted to him, that I steward him with. Can I tell you, God's the same way. God's the same way. That's the whole point of this parable. Listen, listen. This man was busy about his father's business. He gained 10 pounds. Notice that his ability to rule and reign was in direct proportion to his gruel and gain. Amen. I mean, he had to go out. Man, he, this guy, I mean, to take one pound and turn it into 10 pounds, he had to do some thinking. You better mark it down. He was in some business dealings. You better mark it down. He was negotiating with somebody. I don't know what he was doing. Amen. But whatever he was doing, it worked. And he got, he got a pretty good increase there. He is the best servant. The Bible said, he that is faithful in that which is least is faithful in that which is must. He didn't say in that passage, will be faithful. That's a principle. Yeah. 
When you learn how to be faithful in that which is least, God said, you're, you're already there. You'll be faithful in that which is much. I mean, you're there, all right? Listen, listen, this man's mentality was not to sit around and wait for his money to magically multiply. He understood that he had a responsibility to take his master's pound, and he had a responsibility to go and negotiate, to go and do his master's business, to go and work, to make the money multiply. And he did it, and it worked, and he gets a reward. God said, man, listen, the old man said, you're going to get to rule over ten cities because you were faithful in that which is very little, you get to, get, I mean, my kingdom's here. You get to be the ruler over 10 cities. What about that? It's the same in the Christian life, friends. We're not to just sit around dreaming of how people will get saved one day. We're, we're not to be sit around all my life is spent just dreaming how beautiful, and I'm not against dreaming about how beautiful heaven is. Amen. I'm looking forward to it. We have loved ones that pass on. The Wassons had a loved one just passed on. And boy, in those moments, we think how beautiful heaven must be. But can I tell you, can I tell you, we can't sit around all 2022 thinking how beautiful heaven must be. There's a work out there to be done. Man, there's Sunday school classes in Eastside Baptist Church, amen. You could go out and be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ, man. You could get on board, amen, and go out and start passing out gospel tracts, amen. You could get out there and start witnessing down in the streets, amen. Where, just like Jesus did, he found sinners. He was seeking sinners. Why? So he could save them. I'm telling you, we can't save them if we don't seek them. Amen. Now, can I just tell you, uh, here, 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 listen, we're to be actively, and I use these words on purpose, and I know these are bad words to some people, not here, but some, when you preach in many Baptist churches, I do, amen, they're bad words to some people, all right. We're to be actively and aggressively, actively and aggressively trying to sow to the Spirit of God so that others might reap life eternal around us. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Are you trading up? Are you actively trying to make gain with souls? You say, preacher, Man, I don't like that. I don't like that. The idea that somehow I'm going to benefit because people get saved. The idea that I'm going to make gain. Uh, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 9 because I want to, I want to just settle that little question mark that so many people uh, who are humble that really, uh, seriously, I mean, they, they're, they're not out there trying to, you know, they, they, I, mean, I believe they're truly humble and I believe that's why they say, man, I, I, don't, I don't like that idea of gain mixed with winning souls, mixed with my eternal reward. But watch the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 9. The Apostle Paul said in verse number 16, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. And then, but, but, but come down here to verse 17. If I do this thing willingly, preaching the gospel, I have a reward. Watch that, watch that word reward. I have a reward. If I preach the gospel, if I fulfill my purpose, I have a reward. Watch this, verse number 18. What is my reward then? Verily that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. Watch this, for though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all. Watch the next phrase, that I might, what's that next word? Gain. He's talking about reward. He's talking about gain. Watch this, under the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might what? Help me out here. Gain. That I might gain the Jews. There's that word again. Watch this. To them that are under the law is under the law that I might gain. He's not just talking about, man, that I can win them to the Lord. He understands I'm here to occupy till God comes. I've been given the Spirit of God. My responsibility, amen, is to take the Spirit that's in me, allow Him to flow out of me, allow myself to be a witness filled with the Spirit of God so that others come under conviction and get saved around me that I might gain them. 
Hey, because we're going to stand before the Lord Jesus one day and we're going to give an account to him for what we did to seek and save that which was lost. That's why you're here, friend. That's why God saved you. Watch this. He said to them that are without the law, us without the law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ. And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm starting to preach fast now. I've got to slow down, all right? That I might gain, there it is again, them that are without the law. To the weak became I as weak that I might gain the weak. See, Paul's interested in gaining. Just like the servants were interested in gaining pounds, we're interested in gaining souls. There's a reason the Bible said the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that winneth souls is wise. Watch this. He said, verse 22, to the weak I became I as weak that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men that I might by all means, what's the next two words? Save some gain and save are used interchangeably right there. Amen. He's saying, when I save them, I have gained them. Heaven has gained a reward. Christ has gained a soul for which he died. Amen. As, as, as one of the stewards of Christ, I have gained for my Lord. Can I tell you, you say, that's very little. It is very little. You say, well, I want something big to do. Just go be a witness. You say, well, that's, that pound's not that much. Listen, God gave you the spirit. God didn't say, hey, I want you to go build five $1 million churches next week. I want you to go do this. God just said, I want you to go, and I want you to be a witness. I want you to go, and I want you to gain some. I want you to go, and I want you to save some. Amen. Bring them to a knowledge of the truth. Get them saved by the good grace of God. Get them to church and take them through the continue book. Amen. And let's watch God build his church through you and I who are filled with the spirit of God. Amen. Are you listening to me? Are you listening? That's the Apostle Paul's mentality. We come to the end of chapter 9. I don't have time to read it. But the Apostle Paul likens what he's doing to a race. And Paul said, I am running to obtain. He's not just waiting to go to heaven because heaven is my gift. Uh, he's, he said, I'm running. I want to obtain a reward. I'm getting an incorruptible crown. And he said, I, I'm fighting. I'm not fighting as one that beat of the air. But, I, man, I've got a purpose for what I'm There's a reason he came to the end of his life. He said, I fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Why? Because he had. I'm telling you, that first servant, he was the best servant. Yeah. That, 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 the apostle Paul, I think, would be a good, a good person who that first servant really represents. Amen. Let me think about the apostle Paul's life. What did the apostle Paul say? He said, so as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel. Man, that's a guy giving his best. You can't be the best at what you do unless you give the best of what you have. Unless you give the best of what you are. Eastside Baptist Church, man, we're going into a brand new year. Can I tell you, give it your best this year. Give it your best for the Lord. Invite people to church every day of your life. Take gospel tracts, man. Make them have to keep ordering more. Pass them out. Learn how to witness. Take that step of courage that these ladies took. Men, young men, if the ladies can do it, you can do it. Amen. Take that step of courage. Amen. I mean, you say, well, it's easy for you as a preacher. No, it's not. When I got up here to preach tonight, man, butterflies are in my stomach. When I started preaching, there's a reason my mouth's dry as can be right now. I get nervous too. Every time I witness to somebody, I'm telling you, I can talk to my neighbor about everything and his dog. But when I want to talk about the Lord, the butterflies start. I don't care how long you've been saved and how bold you are in a witness, and you've just got something. You've got to yield to the Spirit of God, that pound that's on the inside of you. You've got to yield to the Spirit of God. And there's something about it, man, when you, do, when you talk to your neighbor and say, can I ask you a question? If you died tonight, you, I mean, if you died tonight, do you know where you spend eternity? At that point, you've already made a fool of yourself. <laughs> you just keep going now, amen? Can I tell you, at that point, when, when, if you can get that first sentence out, man, you're gold for the rest of it, amen? Yeah. Can I tell you, do it. Do it, occupy. Amen. 
every minute, every hour, every day, occupy. If you want to have the best gain for the Lord, and, 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 and listen, he, gave, he didn't hold back his best for us. Right. Why should we hold back our best from him? Right. I mean, the apostle Paul says, man, I will very gladly spend and be spent. These are words that he used. That, that word spend there means to exhaust myself in the service of another. Paul exhausted himself in the service of the Lord, reaching sinners and in the service of the Lord, teaching the church, amen. He exhausted, he gave his life, amen. I'm just telling you he's the best, amen. Now watch this second servant real quickly. The second servant, I don't think he was the best servant. I mean, I'm just telling you, if I gave two, if I gave two of these boys a pound, then I said, now both of you have given you the same pound, you both got the same command, and I want you to go out and I want you to make my money make money. If one of them came back with five and one with ten, you know what? I'm saying, man, I'm glad for the five. But the guy that brought 10 in, let's, let's, let's have a little talk, amen. You say, well, I just don't see it. You'll see it here in a minute, all right? This guy was a busy servant. Now, again, he still, he still had a 500% increase. His reward was directly proportionate to his business as well. He gained five pounds, so he would rule over five cities. He was busy, but he wasn't the best. I think we have some busy folks here, amen. I do. I, th I think Eastside has some good, busy folks. Are you giving your best? Do you want to just be busy and bring some return? Or would you like to do your best and give him as much of return as what he knows you can give him? Amen. What about that? What about that? Are you, are, are you busy for the Lord or are you doing your best for the Lord? You say, well, I, I, I kind of thought they were the same. They're not. There's a lot of people that are busy that aren't giving their best. Amen. Give your best to the master. Give your best to Christ. Give the young people, give the best years of your life, which is now, to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Serve him. Surrender to him. Amen. Oh, listen, I don't want to be just a busy servant. I want to be like the apostle Paul. You call it what you, you call it spiritual greed if you want to. But I want to run to obtain. I do not want to stand at the judgment seat of Christ empty-handed because I never witnessed because I never took that pound that was given to me and negotiated. Have you ever negotiated with a sinner over his soul? Have you ever negotiated with a sinner over the fact that there's a God that loves him so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for him? I mean, have you ever witnessed to the extent that you feel like you're negotiating? That's when you're doing what God told you to do. It's not enough just to pass out a track. Go to the next level and ask a question. Go to the next level, amen, and begin to witness to them. Be a witness. If there was a traffic accident out here and we had a man that saw it, they would say he's a witness to what took place and he would give an account. That's what a, a biblical witness. We are witnessing the fact that Jesus Christ died for our sins, was buried and rose again. That's what we're witnesses to, amen, and that he'll save sinners that call on him. Are you a busy servant or are you the best servant? All right, now watch this. Watch this. There's one more servant here. The Bible doesn't say he's the third in line. It doesn't say, he just said, but another servant. He's somewhere between the third and the tenth servant. I think a lot of us are between the third and the tenth. Maybe he's the tenth. Maybe he's the worst servant. I don't know. I just think a lot of us end up there. But, but, but this guy, when you get done reading, I mean, you can read it. And, and, and let's just go ahead. I'm, I don't want to read the whole thing. But let's just read that little section real quick. The Bible said, here came another saying, or another came saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound, which I've kept laid up in a napkin. Here's thy pound, singular, one pound. No five pounds, no ten pounds. I laid it up in a napkin, for I feared thee. Thou art an austere man. Oh, listen. And Christ, or the noble man in this parable, said to him in verse 22, Out of thine own mouth will I judge thee, thou wicked servant. He was a bad servant. He wasn't the best he wasn't busy at all. He was a bad servant. 
we're not careful, it's easy without meaning to, to become bad servants. He didn't lose anything, but he never gained. The instruction was to occupy, trade up, invest, gain. He didn't gain. He was well, he didn't lose, but he didn't gain. Therefore, he was disobedient to his master. And, and, and watch his excuse. I mean, he said, man, I put, my, I put my money in a napkin. He laid it up in the napkin. Can I ask you a question? Are you keeping the spirit of God who can save souls bound up in a napkin? The napkin in that day was what we would call a, a handkerchief today. A, a handkerchief in that day, it was used to wipe perspiration off the face just like I need to right now. It was needed to wipe the nose like some of us need to do around this time of year. Amen. It was also used to cover the face and wrap the head of a corpse. That's what a napkin was used for in that day. That's what a handkerchief was used for in that day. I, I want to ask, are you so busy doing your own work, focused on your own dreams and your own career and your own ambition? Are you so busy taking care of your own nose, <laughs> your own needs? Are you so busy burying your own dead that somehow you've got the Holy Spirit of God that's supposed to be on the inside of you? Instead of flowing out like rivers of water, you've got them bound up into your life, your schedule, your time, what you're going to do, and you're not going to do what he told you to do. I'm just curious tonight. We have to go out and gain by trading if we're going to be obedient to, to the Lord. We have to work with sinners. What sinner are you working with presently? That's what I'm asking. Do you have a sinner right now that you have a relationship with that you're trying to win to Christ right now? Do you have a sinner this week that you've reached out to trying to reach him or her with the gospel of the grace of God? If not, why not? You're not occupying. Uh, you say, well, brother, up, are you saying I'm, I wouldn't say you're bad. But if you stand at the judgment seat and have not gained, then you lose. You lose. You say, how do you know you lose? Because this man's pound was taken from him. Now, every type breaks down. But God's not going to take the Holy Spirit from us. We understand that. But in that moment, his pound was taken from him. That city that he could have been given to reign over. And guess who it goes to? Doesn't go to the busy guy. You say, well, I, you know, I just think that that guy did as good as he could. Then why did God give it to the man that had the best? I'm asking you, why, why did God, God, and even the people standing there said, that's not right. Man, that guy already has ten. This guy, he was busy. He has five, but this guy has ten. The Lord said, give it to him. He did his best. I'm telling you. The judgment seat of Christ is real. We're going to stand there. Heaven, you got it by the blood of Christ. Rewards, position, ruling and reigning with Christ. Well, how faithful were you in this life to occupy, to trade up, to invest your life, to put everything you have on the line to reach your children, your grandchildren, your family, your, hey, listen, your neighbors, your coworkers, your friends, your enemies with the gospel of the grace of God. How busy are you about your father's business? Are you giving it your best? That's what I'm asking tonight. Are you giving it? Are you giving it your best? This guy, I've got to wrap up. This guy, he, listen, man, he claimed to fear God. Do you know one of the reasons in a lot of our Baptist churches that we're not seeing anybody lead anybody to Christ? Do you know why? I'll tell you why. Because they say, I fear God. I'm afraid I'll get a false profession. I've been around from both ends of the spectrum. I think we've got to give the gospel clearly. Amen. Yeah. 
But we shouldn't, we shouldn't preach so much on our presentation that we fail to give the presentation. We have people sitting in our churches, my own wife, and I don't think she'd mind me saying this for years, she was afraid to witness because of preaching that she heard that caused her not to, man, if we go to a meeting and the preacher would call and say, hey, we need a lady to help this lady. My wife was afraid because she's afraid that maybe she would present it wrong, that she'd say the wrong thing, that the person she was dealing with would make a false profession. Listen, that excuse isn't going to stand at the judgment seat. It might be a real excuse, he said, I fear God. Thou art an austere man. I got to do it. I got to do it just right. Can I tell you? I want to do it just right. I want to make sure people understand the gospel. But at the end of the day, the gospel and their salvation depends on the ground of their heart. Amen. Not on me if I presented it properly. Amen. Can I tell you? People say, well, well, Brother Rutman, Brother Rutman, and I know there's two ends. I know there's two sides to this coin. I mean, I, I deal with it all the time. Even in God, I have to deal with it. But listen, man, people are like, well, I just don't, man, I just don't believe in numbers. Can I tell you, that's not going to stand before the God that said occupy, <laughs> trade up. He wrote a book called Numbers in his Bible. Uh, when, uh, listen, there at the beginning, of, uh, in the beginning of the church age, right there at Pentecost, I mean, the Holy Ghost said, put it down there, that what was it, 3,000 got saved. I mean, he kept track of the numbers. Don't be so afraid of, I fear God. I'm afraid I'm going to get a false profession that you don't even give a presentation of the gospel. And on the other hand, don't go to the other end of the coin and say, well, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to be, I don't want to be accused of being performance-based, you know. And I mean, uh, if I get out there and win a lot of people to the Lord and all of a sudden have a lot of people coming to church, I mean, people's going to be judging my motives and, man, they're going to say he's a performance-based Christian. Can I tell you, uh, my, our motivation is love-based, amen? Yeah. But I'm telling you, if you're if you're if your service for the man, I feel good right now. If your service for the Lord is based out of love, there's gonna be a performance. Amen. There will. You're gonna run to obtain. Can I just I gotta wrap it up? I man, I don't want to, but I got to, all right. Christmas time tonight. Remember that. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. Listen, there there's one servant, he's the best. There's one, he's busy, and there's one over here, and he's bad. No gain. His reward's given to the other. Can I just ask it this way? Which one of those servants are you? If Jesus came right now, if you went to the judgment seat right now, are you going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well, be ruler over ten cities. You're going to hear, well, be ruler over five cities. Or are you going to hear him say, you wicked servant. You're a bad servant. You didn't gain anything. I saved you. I gave you what you needed to go make gain. You didn't gain anything. Where are you? Where are you at the end of 2021 looking back over this past year? How much did you gain? How much will you gain in 2022? Watch this. There's one more crowd. We come to the very end and God always finishes out a story. And he says, oh, and by the way, here's what happens to the citizens that don't get saved. Here's what happens to the people that said we will not have this man to reign. Now, wait a minute. Some of those people, if we follow the type, if, if, if the pound is the Holy Spirit that's given to me and my responsibility is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to people that hate God and see them come to salvation. And God's given us the great privilege of seeing that happen so many times. Yeah. I love it, man. I've had people say, you talk to me about the Lord one more time. I'm going to lay you out cold on the floor. First person told me that's been a deacon now for 21 years. Amen. I got saved and now he's a deacon up there. Praise God. Saw him this last weekend. Praise God. Can I tell you, it's one thing if as busy servants and best servants were out there trying to get the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world because that's why we're here. That's one thing. 
If they go to hell because they heard the gospel and they said, we still will not have this man to reign over us. We still will not have him to rule over us. You go away. You get out of here. We, we don't want preaching. We don't want the gospel. We don't want Jesus Christ. If they go to hell, it's on them. But it's not just them that go to hell. It's all the rest of those people that were sinners that never heard that there was a man named Jesus Christ because we have a bad servant sitting back at the house just waiting on the second coming of Christ, waiting to rule and reign. I'm going to stand back and defend the fundamentals of the faith, and you should. I'm not going to pass out a gospel track, and I'm not going to try to win someone to Christ, and I'm not going to try to disciple. Not me, no way. And how many people die and go to hell that wouldn't have had to die and go to hell? They don't die and go to hell because they rejected Christ, but because they never had an opportunity to receive Christ. That's the, his end. Do you see the importance of why we lose when, when we don't gain? We lose because souls that Christ died for, man, Christ loses. Because souls that he died for never got a chance to hear the gospel. And those souls lose. They lose. Hell's real, church. People in Sioux Falls, South Dakota died today and went to hell. People in Ghana, West Africa died today and they went to hell. They can never get out. I wonder if anybody died that I could have reached. I wonder. Lord, in this church tonight, there are four people represented. There could be a sinner like that citizen who said, I'm not going to get saved. I pray this invitation they'd reconsider. I pray they'd get saved. I pray tonight. Lord, that, that scripture is pretty clear. The Bible said you're going to slay them. The Bible said death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. That's what the Bible says. Lord, if there's someone here not saved, Lord, may tonight be the night. I don't care how old or young they are. May tonight be the night they come forward and say, I'm going to get saved by the grace of God. I don't want to be an enemy of God. I don't want to die and go to hell for eternity. May they get saved tonight. But Lord God, for those that are saved, I pray, Lord, during this invitation, we'd examine ourselves and ask that question. Am I the best? Am I giving my best to be the best? i got to give my best. Am I giving my best? Have I done my best? Are we busy? Or are we bad? Because we just haven't done what we've been commissioned to do. Help us, I pray, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to encourage you to visit our website at eastsidesf.com.